0: Here we are again.
1: So this time it's a little different. We're always separate. We're always, uh, we're never together, but this time I'm in Europe instead of Tokyo. Yeah,
0: you're in Frankfurt, and uh, I'm I'm still in Toronto. Although I'll be in Montreal next week.
1: I'll be in London, a London-Montreal podcast. Nice. Let's do it. I'll start by saying that when I told people I was coming to Frankfurt and was going to spend a weekend here, I had a lot of really reaction
0: why because frankfurt is not a like the epicenter of germany or
1: yeah it's kind of a it's a very financial place it's not known like it's not a munich or a berlin it doesn't quite have that character that edge to it mm-hmm. that that you associate germany with those two major cities so i was a little bit for me, I've never been here before, so I said to myself, hey, I could go to London for the weekend or I could be in Frankfurt for the weekend because my next trip, is my, on, on Sunday night, I fly to London because I have right. to be there for next yep. week. And I thought, yeah, I could go to London. I Not to say I've exhausted London. I've only been there twice before. I love
0: London. London's a great city. It's one of my favorite cities in the world.
1: No, it's a great spot. But I thought, hey, you know what? I'm in Germany. Never been to Germany before, other than to fly through Frankfurt Airport, and I thought, hey, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna just stay in Frankfurt for the weekend. Yeah. And the early impressions were not good. I mean, my hotel is in this kind of weird area. It's uh, like it's surrounded by a lot of like five, six-story buildings filled with like German companies, and. It's it's just in a very in my in our office we're we're about a ten minute walk from the hotel so it's very convenient from that perspective, but our office is also in this just there's nothing there's no character whatsoever no museums no
0: bars no
1: no bars no restaurants and if there are any like, restaurants are like it's not like you walk out onto a street with people everywhere and like options right. you just walk out and you're like gosh like. I just if I wanted to find a convenience store even, like I don't know where I would go. It'd probably be a 15-minute walk to a convenience store. Okay. So today I had the chance to go around and kind of explore Frankfurt a bit. I did I took the advice of, of my wife who said, you know what, look up those on the internet, they usually have really good things like one-day itineraries yeah. or two-day itineraries for cities. And so she actually looked a couple of things up for me, sent me a link and I have to say, that was actually really good advice because I, I started... I didn't start at the first thing on the itinerary, but I sort of made it kind of a goal to go to. It's this thing called the Iron Bridge, and it crosses, crosses the river, and it Aren't was a nice... All bridges as, iron? Well, this one's like an iron... Like, there's no concrete. It's, it's literally all metal. Okay, I, I understand. So there's probably iron... There. There's iron in most, I'm sure there's iron in all bridges, but this literally is an iron. If you look at it, you say, oh, that's made of iron. Right.
0: Okay. (laughs) Fair enough.
1: So I, from the hotel, I walked out, walked from the hotel to this area and, and it was, it was neat. I saw part of Frankfurt. Like if you, if I had only stayed in this hotel and had the experience at the office and maybe just walked around this area, I would have totally missed out. On what Frankfurt is and what it's all about, so I was really happy to happy to do that.
0: Nice. Did you take uh, Did you take some pictures?
1: I did. Yeah. So I had this idea that I was maybe going to do a little vlogging on this uh, trip while I'm in Frankfurt, and so I did a, a couple spots where I stopped and I, you know, did like the, talk to the camera about. where I was and what my initial impressions were and what my goals were and my aim. And yeah, I I took a lot of photos. I took a lot of photos and a lot of little 10 second videos of things, you know, like a pan of a building or, or a street scene just to kind of get a feel so that I could connect it into a a video eventually. And it, it got me thinking about like, when I take photos now, I don't know if the, I don't think it's always been this way. I feel like this is relatively new in the age of smartphones and social media that as I was taking video of these street scenes with people walking around, I felt this sudden feeling like I was invading people's privacy
0: interesting
1: in a different way than I might have with if if it had just been a camera
0: like if you rewound the clock and took pictures in nineteen seventy five versus 2019
1: or if I just had a point and shoot camera just taking a shot of something is a different thing than when you hold up a camera like your phone right right? you know and you and you're like you've got it like you're doing this and people know they're in it and I have this feeling and I wanted to see what you thought like if you see someone taking video or pictures with their phone and you happen to kind of walk into their their scene. Do you feel differently about it today than you might have when it was just like a point-and-shoot camera or film camera?
0: <clears throat> I don't. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I, I typically try to stay out of people's pictures. If someone's taking a picture, I'll try to deke in behind them rather than, you know, pass in front or behind the the sort of in anywhere within the view of of the picture being taken. I try to stay away from. More as a way of being polite. Um, right. Not because Some I'm... Cur-
1: courtesy, not because you don't want to yeah, be in yeah, the Yeah, exactly.
0: Or... So, um, but if I happen to be in someone's shot, they don't know who I am. And I've got nothing to hide. I'm not doing anything. So, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me.
1: Well, there was that but... aspect of it. But then the other thought I had was, over our lifespans, I wonder how many photos we appear in, in like strangers photo albums of like tourist shots where, you know, you're the guy in the very back that's just walking through. Like, imagine if you could get a, get a, get the photos of every time you ever appeared in someone's photo. Yep. I'd be interested to know, like, it would be so weird it to would see be. that. Yeah,
0: like some family from... B C, right? And and you guys crossed paths in Mexico or something on a some vacation mm-hmm. and they're like, Who's that guy with the hat on the sun lounger? You know? <laughs> and
1: yeah. that's you. Right? Or but they don't know. Cool. Or they don't they don't even really think about it. Right. They would but, just think but you're just That's you. That's a person with a life yep. that's that's you, right? And yep. they're looking at the picture of their family of four on vacation, and then there's this guy behind them that happens to be you that's got this life that you intersected for a brief moment. And what are they doing now? What are you doing now? I don't know. It's just,
0: yeah, but no, but it just got me thinking. But here's the thing about that because, um, you know, years ago, you would take a picture. Uh, you would, if it was an older style camera, you would take the film out of the camera, you would go to a. Um, you know, a developer store, whatever blacks, and they would develop the film, you'd go back two days later, whatever it was, pick up all your things, stick them in an album. And then maybe you'd look at them two times, right? And then that would be the end of that they would sit in an album for forever until someone decided to go through them again, and then go, Oh, my gosh, remember how young we were or something like that, right? The Mm -hmm. great thing about Mm -hmm. those photos is that they sit on a shelf and nobody knows. And if you're, if, if you've done something crazy, because I know for a fact there are pictures of me that are not great, and they're in uncompromising susp- uh, situations, right? Um, but they're locked away in someone's photo album, probably never to be hmm. seen again, right? But people don't do that anymore, right? So when you make mistakes, and you're, but whose photo albums, like
1: strangers no, or no, friends, people you or know? friends?
0: Uh, friends and strangers, but mostly friends, um, or mm-hmm. people that you, maybe you aren't super close with, but they may have got a, a picture or two of you, you know, guzzling beer out of a beer bong or, you know, sure. funnels or something like that. And, and, you know, you've, you're doing something that's, I mean, that's in itself is not so bad, but say there's something inappropriate happening around the same time, like you you've got no clothes on or something crazy like that. Sure, It was a wild night in Mexico or spring break or whatever, right? That stuff goes into someone's album and stays there forever, right? That Mm -hmm. mistake is sealed and three people know about it and all of the people Mm -hmm. that were there, but they don't have a picture of it. So it's in their head and they can't, which they've probably forgotten because it happened 25 years ago or whatever, right? Right. Now those pictures get put on Facebook, or Instagram, or mm-hmm. whatever other social media, and they're there yeah. forever. There's something to be said about the fact that when you and I grew up, we could make a mistake, and nobody knew about it, right? Now, you make a mistake, yeah. everybody knows about it, and we live in a very unforgiving world, and in a world that likes to rehash stuff, uh, and not let you forget. I don't know, I... Um, I forget why I started talking about this. I guess because there's the the safety in. Well, you started saying, "Does it matter to you whether you're in a picture of a stranger?" Um, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But if I had made, if it was a, if it was something where there was a mistake that I had made, right, some un, some stupid decision, uh, I think it would bother me if I knew I was in someone else's picture. In case something like that got out.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something to think about. It can come down. I've often thought, like, when you see these types of these YouTube videos that end up on online of even just two people getting into a disagreement at a store mm. or in a public place, and then all of a sudden, like, cameras just start... Because everyone's got a camera in their hands uh, these days, right? I think it's a bit disgusting, so, actually. It is. And, you know, you could argue that on, on one hand, maybe it keeps people, to a certain degree... M- more honest Mm. that but most of the time people forget so the stuff you see where it ends up being some disagreement a lot of these people get in their heads they don't they don't care what's going on around them they're just so caught up in the moment i saw some scene that was six or seven months ago where in toronto some guy was spouting off at some people uh, foreigners or Mm. saying like you know this is my province what are you doing here and and like was being very threatening and and it was like with a family of of people and it it was really very disturbing and you have to think that the guy was probably loaded and out of his skull drinking (laughs) and here he is making a fool of himself he ends up on on cable news basically because someone took the video and sent it to ctv or globe global news or whatever and now this and then of course it ended up on youtube this is a whole topic of in of itself like
0: yeah it's true yep
1: you know and also there's the whole vigilante justice thing as well or or social media justice i i was recently it was brought to my attention about this person that threw this chair off the balcony. Oh, uh, I, yeah. Onto the gardener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That got, I heard about that, so I kind of checked it out. And I don't know, like you watch all these comments. It reminded me a bit of the guy that threw the beer can on the field during the, the baseball. Yes. The ALCS Wild, or the American League Wild yeah. Card. A few, a few years ago. ago. Yep. I was at that game, actually, and I remember, yeah, the beer went on the on the field, and people were like, "Oh my God, he almost hit the the player in in right field or left field, I guess it was, it was
0: one of the was it it was one of the Texas Rangers, I think, or something wasn't it? Was it Texas they were playing oh, I think it was Baltimore. Baltimore. That's Baltimore. right. It was Baltimore. yeah,
1: it was a Korean player that was almost hit. I believe he was Korean. It was yeah, a big deal. And then over like a four or five day period, you saw that like just social media justice took over the police were, were using social media as justice by saying we were close to finding they were tweeting it we're close to finding it finding you turn yourself in now we have a pretty good idea who they you are. they did the same thing
0: with this girl by the way that threw the chair off the yeah
1: yeah so did they end up getting catching yeah they her? did
0: yeah they did catch her um she apparently
1: so i guess to recap what did she do Let's okay just, so let's what happened was the, the she
0: it's unclear, but I, I believe it was a situation where she was renting through Airbnb a condo. She was staying in Toronto, and I don't know how many days she was here, but I guess after a night of drinking, they decided to launch uh, some chairs off. Of, and the, the the thing about the condos where she is staying, they're very, very tight they're close to the Gardner Expressway, which is a major highway that runs um, uh, through the middle of, like, th- right through the bottom part of Toronto. And mm-hmm. um, you're also up really high, so you know you launch a chair off there, and it's it can sail. And this is a plastic chair. I, f- I think it was a plastic yeah. folding chair. Um, yeah. And I, there were more than there were there was more than one chair launched. Uh, and then there, was there? There's, I
1: thought it was just one. Chair. There's some
0: question as to whether there were other items as well. The real danger Jeez. is that, you know, it could land on a car, it could land in front of a car, it could land on a car windshield. Uh, sure. the automatic reaction of the driver would be slam on their brakes. That could cause a serious accident in the gardener because it's heavily yeah, traveled. Um, and, uh, and people could die. I mean, let's be honest. So it's a terrible, yep. terrible decision by her. Um, you know, then there's some question of whether or not she was egged on. Was it uh, peer pressure? Okay, fine. I, everybody knows that peer pressure can influence you to do something, but we all have that filter that says, you know what, this is a really bad decision. You do it, I'm out, right? Like, right. No one's going to pressure yeah. me into doing something that is potentially life-threatening to someone else just for kicks, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, they did. Uh, the police did an, a major investigation. They did find her. I don't know if she turned herself in or if they caught her. But you know, then she went to court. She was released on bail, and I guess the the problem is she didn't really seem to show much remorse. She was seen smiling as she was leaving the courtroom, and really? and you know, of course, even before this, right? You would go on social media, and they people were just roasting her like, well, this douchebag throwing stuff up, that, you know, like yeah. there was no, nobody, not one person said, well, that's a great idea. Like, I mean, cause it just, that's a stupid idea. It was an utterly ridiculous yeah. idea. So then of course, after she leaves the courtroom smiling, right. And it's just continued. And, uh, unfortunately for her, it's going to be something that follows her around for a while. Mm-hmm. Will it ruin her life? I don't know. Who knows? There's so many things that can happen in the next five years that could completely eclipse what she's done. <laughs> Stupid idea, but that's the kind of thing. Twenty-five, thirty years ago, um, someone snaps a Polaroid of that. It, you know, nobody gets caught. Uh, yeah, and
1: uh, and hopefully nobody gets hurt. I mean, nobody got nobody hurt. got hurt this time. Nobody got hurt but, in both.
0: Yeah, if you if you just rewound the clock like thirty years, no one got hurt. Somebody snapped a Polaroid, it went into someone's photo album, and maybe two days later she's like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? That was the stupidest idea. Why did you let me do that? You know, like, come down on our own friends, and I, I just, this, the mistakes that we made as kids or teens or even in our early 20s, the stupid decisions that we made were never captured, or they were captured, but they're hidden. Yeah right they're in someone's photo album forever locked away you can't make mistakes like that now no no and and how do we know that this could have just been a really nice smart intelligent person that was boozing it up stupid decisions get made we've all made stupid decisions after we've had too many drinks how do we know that two days later she wasn't like what the heck did i do except that unfortunately she was caught smiling leaving the courtroom but
1: yeah I think there's there's more to this person. Um, just looking at it here now, her doing the video. She's I have not I've actually not given it the, the I've purposely not watched it just to not give it the
0: Yeah, I didn't watch it either. You know, I, I looked the at the story, but that's it.
1: And yeah, she's she's saying a woman who looks to be in her mid twenties is seen gleefully throwing a wooden chair off her balcony while the person filming follows it as it spirals down onto the populated expressway yeah. the video seemed to be shared via snapchat with the caption good morning so it's not like she was caught film being doing this that's the other way no, it was premeditated for sure she did it got, recorded herself doing it and published it herself so that's that's when you that's when it's yeah stupid really disturbing anyway Uh,
0: i'm looking at that iron footbridge by the way in frankfurt it looks pretty cool oh Yeah, yeah it looks pretty cool yeah
1: it's nice it's nice i mean it's not a massive bridge it wasn't massively crowded one thing that i i read today is that i'm actually here in frankfurt at a very good time of year it's before the crowds apparently late spring it can get quite crowded and the summertime can get quite crowded so Frankfurt's actually more of a draw than I thought it was. It looks a, a really pretty. Tourists. I'm
0: looking at pictures right now. It looks really nice.
1: Yeah, you'll be able to look at my pretty photos after as well.
0: Uh, no, I won't. I don't have social media.
1: Ah, good. Yes, we talked. We talked about that. We had. I've actually myself. I've I've decided that uh, I'm pulling back significantly on social media. I I peek at facebook now and then just maybe once or twice a week but i'm i'm no longer posting things like checking into airports and going to different places i stopped i'm not checking yeah. in i'm not checking into restaurants like today i thought about it when i was sitting at the restaurant because part of me was i'm archiving my life like i like getting those memories like hey two years ago you were in frankfurt and right it's kind of nice but then i'm thinking well okay, that's a benefit, but what was the cost? What's the cost of it? Paying attention to social media all the time and waiting for reactions is, I think, a cost, and is it worth it to see the amount of attention you pay to it, that it takes you from other things, and the things that you can get drawn into, into Facebook and social media that, from a few standpoints, number one, you can get on rabbit trails where it starts with checking a quick thing. And the next thing you know, you're like reading down comments and comments and comments and starting to get, you see some, some stories that can get negative and draw you in and and there's drama. And it's like, why do I, why do I need this? Yeah,
0: I hear you. Um, but I'll
1: share it in my photo album. I'm, I'm going to make a, a photo album, and I'll bring it bring it over to your house, and you can fl- or a slideshow, uh, and I'll sh- show my my vacation on a slideshow in your basement. I'm fine with
0: that. Bring it on, like the old days. Bring it on. All right, what's next?
1: Well, as I was as I was sitting on this cafe on on the bank of the Main River, maybe pronounced differently, but it's, it's spelled M A I N, the Main River in Frankfurt. As I was waiting for my server to to come by and, and so I could order another drink. I started thinking, I wonder how long the service industry has or the people that are waiters or in the service industry serving food and taking drink orders and delivering drinks. I wonder what their shelf life is in this day and age. I don't think there's been a lot of talk about it. I, I think we've gone through scenarios or been in situations where we've seen the replacement of servers, like if you go to the airport, you can you can order food from a little iPad on your computer, and then someone comes over, brings your food, and, and then you pay by credit card and do it all through the iPad. But it's not really become really a ubiquitous thing. It's, it's in certain places you see it. So I had a think to myself about it, and I thought, I wonder how long it really is before in most restaurants you're going to no longer have a person come to you that you've been waiting for four or five minutes to show up at your table and say hello how are you what do you feel like drinking tonight or what do you would you like something to drink would you like would you like a food menu the usual pleasantries that go on the the oh can you recommend something oh I recommend the you know like how far are we away from digitalization taking all of that? over and how much do we want that to happen or not want that to happen
0: okay uh i'm gonna say that recently and i've done this several times i've been to several restaurants like this but recently we went to a sushi restaurant and this sushi restaurant had iPads at the table, and mm-hmm. you scroll through the menu on the iPad. You select which items you want brought out to you, and someone, a physical person, brings it out to your table. But in terms of taking an order, they don't have that. Uh, like it's not a it's not a physical person. It's done on the now. There is a button on the iPad that says, you know, "Do you want to request uh, you know assistance of any kind?" And then someone would come. And there's still somebody there. They still have to bring you the food. Uh, they still have to bring you their dr- your drinks. Um, yep. And when they come to the table, they will ask you, "Do you have everything you need? Can I get you anything else?" So there's that element of human being interaction. But it is definitely taking away from the standard general weight staff, right? Uh, it the the nature of weight staff is changing. So I don't think that waitstaff will ever disappear but i don't think it's going to stay the way it is now i think it's going to gradually shift towards ordering via ipad or maybe it'll just be embedded right in the table you know mm-hmm. um and who knows in the future maybe it'll be a virtual ipad it'll just be there and you'll just in the air you know I don't know who knows that's light years from where we are right now but I think you'll always have a human interaction of some kind because you have to there's something about hands actual physical hands unless you're going to have robots yeah. replace people but they would still have yeah to
1: too. sure I think my thing was less about total automation like ordering the food and then it comes to you on a conveyor belt I was not thinking that so much which i you know could eventually maybe be the case but the my my thought was okay look at all the different elements that can be replaced by automation or by our you know by computer or digitalization the 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 actual need to order or the ordering of the food can be completely done in a digital manner if you have the tools If you, like you said, the iPad example, even recommendations, like if you think of the different things you interact with your server about, one of them will be like, can you recommend what's an appetizer you would recommend? Right. And you you rely on this person's opinion or... What's your favorite dish? Yeah. Right. Like, and we don't know if our tastes are even remotely similar. She might, we might have, she or he might have completely different tastes than we do. But we rely on it and we take some credence when they say, "Oh, I really like the calamari." So we're like, eh, "Okay, let's order the calamari." But what if you could have it all digitalized that what as a part of food ordering is let's say you you look up most recommended dishes Based on client review. But I think they customer have
0: that. Review. I think they have that. So this, oh, yeah, this sure. sushi restaurant that we go to, they have the most popular dishes. So there are several different um, things that you can order, obviously. You can order by the menu individually. You can order sort of like dinners for two, right? And they have different types of combinations of sushi uh, bits that are, you know, that that the restaurant has as part of their main their mainstay and then and then you've got most popular items right you can choose that so that's that's exactly what you're talking about
1: i think that industry i think it's had a lot less air air airtime than the airbnbs of the world the ubers of the world the uh, even self-driving cars autonomous driving i think virtual waiters or that aspect of digitalizing the whole going to the restaurant experience i think has not really been as well advertised but i do believe that it is ripe for disruption
0: i would tend to agree i would tend to agree if you, you
1: know, think about if you're if you own one of these establishments that instead of hiring 5 people you could maybe only hire. You only need to hire two people, really, just someone to run that food oh, out yeah. and deal with yeah. live interactions 100%. when they're necessary.
0: Think of the overhead you could save.
1: Tipping, w- w- there would be no need to tip based on this type of a situation because it's all being you know. I mean, tipping in itself is a, is a conversation, and whether or not it's people believe in tipping. In, in Asia, tipping doesn't happen. It's a it's a very North American type of custom
0: it doesn't happen in ireland either
1: yeah in europe like i was at a a restaurant a couple days ago in dusseldorf and the bill came i paid it and i'm so used used to in asia there is no tip that's just not you get the bill you pay it you go and so i got this bill i paid it and then about five minutes later it kind of came to me oh Maybe I should, should have tipped. put some sort of a gratuity on that. <laughs> and so I asked my colleague, I said, so like, what's the tipping custom in Germany or, in you know, here? Like, he says, ah, you know, maybe 5% you could add to the bill. I said, what about 0%? That's so <laughs> funny. Like, no, probably 5% is, is kind of the minimum. And I'm like, mm, okay. Five. Thinking, of course. I, yeah. Wow, five insane. to 10, I think he said. That's there. That's, that's more of the common practice would be to give 5 or 10%. Oh, my be, gosh. But, that's
0: amazing. Yeah. Like here, it's uh, I think standard now is 18 18%. Yeah. And so I actually I used have to, a tipping rule, just if I can interject for one second. If you give standard, everyday kind of decent service, right, then you're getting an 18% tip. If you are going through the motions – then you get a 15% tip. That's my rule. And if you're yeah. exceptional uh, or if there's some kind of a real good connection between us and the waitstaff that's looking after us, you get a 20% tip. That's insane right. that to me, though, that we have to. Why can't they just include the gratuity in the cost? I don't mm-hmm. really want mm-hmm. to tip. I would just much rather pay the bill and there we go. Sometimes I do have to think about it. I hate thinking about it.
1: That's right. In Singapore, they put 10% automatically on every bill. So there is no discussion about about adding tip. No one expects it. You get to just build in, into it. In In Japan, it is just the bill is the bill. And there might be a service charge if you have a large group, but there is no... If you and your wife or even your wife and two kids go to a restaurant, when you get the bill at the end of the day or at the end of the night... It is the bill is the bill you pay it, nobody thinks twice about it, and off you go and you have to think when two things I think food is slightly cheaper in Asia for the most part, and then when you add in the fact that you're not actually tipping or if it may be in some restaurants if you're paying if it is expensive, but you're not paying that like if you go out and have a really nice dinner with your your wife and let's say it's a hundred dollars a person. It's a two hundred dollar bill. Well, it would be two twenty in the in North America or two twenty five maybe. Versus in Asia, that bill would be just the bill two hundred. So it's a, you know another twenty percent cheaper, which can add up twenty mm-hmm. percent every time you go out for dinner. And I think it encourages people maybe a little more that they don't have to. You may maybe you even eat out more knowing that you're not having to pay this 20% on top of every time you go out it's go insane. for dinner
0: I, I think yeah well that's uh, I guess that's the price of living in North America right so
1: yeah and I think tipping I've really seen it just in my travels how the whole tipping culture has created a lot of customer service problems rather than solutions mm. you know with an expectation of a tip you start to see people only behaving when they know they will get something.
0: Yeah. How many times have you seen or heard waitstaff complaining about how someone gave them an under what would be expected tip, right? Or somebody complaining online, that where they'll, they'll take a picture of some guy who wrote a note like, I didn't want to tip you because you gave crappy service. And then they, they instagram it and everybody's like oh this guy sucks and they you know the court of uh, public opinion is like the guy that didn't tip sucks well how do you know that that wait staff didn't suck right
1: yeah why didn't why isn't the court of public opinion that geez you must suck at your job yeah that's why, right like, why are you posting this like you should be embarrassed and the
0: crazy part is we've all had somebody wait on us that was terrible they should never have been a waiter they were terrible at it They didn't care. They had that attitude. They, you know, they, they clearly didn't want to be there or want to do their job, you know, and, and what did we do? Well, we tipped them. Right. But really, I mean, tipping should be, uh, it shouldn't be mandatory. It should be something that you earn. I mean, you're getting paid. You're there. You're getting paid a minimum amount. Yes, I understand that. But the tip is to sort of compensate for the fact that, you know what? I'm damn good at my job, and I'm going to show you how good I am at my job, and you're going to reward me, hopefully. Now, are you going to hit a home run on every reward? No, of course not. Nobody's wired that way. Um, But uh, it should be a reward versus an expected amount. And too many waitstaff expect it. But that's our society. We've built it that way.
1: But the society has also been created by the fact that I don't know currently what servers make per hour, but traditionally, and I used to be in in, this, in the business because I was at one time a server, is that traditionally servers were paid less than minimum wage because they knew that tips would compensate for that gap. And usually... Overly compensate for that gap. So, if way back when, say 20 years ago, when I was, or 25 years ago, probably now, when I was serving in restaurants, I probably made five dollars an hour, six dollars an hour, right? And and minimum wage was maybe seven dollars an hour, but my tips easily made up for, uh, made up for that gap. And you know, not to mention the fact that all, a lot of that could be even. It's not officially recorded, so you're not being taxed on it the same way as wage. But you have to wonder, I've only heard it once said to me in Japan when we were out for for drinks one night, was one of the, the clients I was with, he said, we, ha- we were actually having some pretty bad service. And he said, see, this is one of the problems with not having a tipping culture, is that you don't that you're not that waiters aren't incentivized to do a good job
0: it's got both both sides for sure yep
1: but i would say it's an exception to the norm to see bad service in in asia particularly in japan this was first of all the person that was giving us the bad service was not a japanese person he was from somewhere else Mm. and probably had at one time in his life worked in an environment with tipping so he was just a personally kind of a uh, uh, just someone who provided bad service, and he was surly.
0: Surly, there's a word you don't surly. hear very often. Yep. Well,
1: well I've th- had a couple of surly interactions. Uh, I will describe most taxi drivers in Europe as surly.
0: I would say that most taxi drivers, period, can be surly. It's the Except in Japan. odd occasion when uh, when you get somebody who's yes. very nice.
1: And so I had a, a couple of days ago, I went, I, I needed to take the, t- the taxi to the train station here. And when I got in and some of it may be language barrier, but I, I came in and I came, got into the taxi and I said, because I had to go back to the old ways where now you can pretty much take a taxi in Toronto and be assured or with Uber, you never even have to exchange cash anymore. Most times all the, all the taxis take credit card. Whereas 10 years ago, say in Toronto, you had to ask or you could never be sure if they would take it or they would only, they would get really, you know, if it wasn't like over a certain amount, like if it was a short ride, like 10 bucks or $8, they would definitely not want to take take a credit card for a small transaction, but they might take it on a large transaction. But I've had a few cases in Europe where There's this whole to-do about the fact that I want to pay by credit card. I think that's largely gone away in places like Toronto. In Japan, I think 99% of the time they'll take a credit card. It's just part of the deal. But when I went to the other day to the train station, I asked, do you take credit card? He said yes. We drove, got to the station. The bill was only like eight or nine euros. And I took my credit card out. And he said, uh, you should have asked me before about whether I take credit cards or not. And I said, I did ask you. And he says, no, you didn't. Ugh. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not getting into an argument. I'm paying by credit card is what I'm thinking. I didn't say it out loud. But I, I just said, I said it to you. And then I left it at that. He does the whole song and dance of reaching under the seat and getting the terminal yes. out and yep. playing around with it. and I had the same situation in Italy once where this guy, he was really belligerent about... He drove me from the airport to or from the city into the airport. It was a significant distance. So it was probably 80 euros maybe for the ride. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I got the whole song and dance about like the fact that I wanted to pay by credit card. And I'm like, I don't have hundred euros on me here i the only option my friend is me paying by credit card or you're not getting paid yeah yeah and and it's just funny when it comes to that he said i don't take credit card i said well i don't have any other method of payment he's like well i don't take credit card okay
0: then i guess you don't get paid
1: and after some humming and hawing and some sighs he reaches under his seat pulls out a terminal he gets his SIM card. He had to pull it out of his phone and put it into his little terminal. <laughs> and guess what? I paid by credit card.
0: Yeah, that's that's lackluster service right there. And that's that's surly. That is a surly cab it was driver. Surly. So um, I've had similar things. <laughs> um, I landed in uh, Montreal and I had to uh, get a cab from Montreal to uh, the office. That I was going to, which was, I mean, literally, if if someone had picked me up, it's a five-minute drive. How much do you think a five-minute cab fare would take? Like, if they really did it by the letter of the law, so you get in, you know, they they push the button, cab, whatever it costs to get in. There's
1: always a minimum. Yeah, the right? minimum is like three or four dollars, five or
0: six bucks, or whatever it is, just to yeah. sit in the cab. Driving right. for five minutes in your head, how much do you think it would cost?
1: I say it goes from whatever the minimum is. Let's say it was five dollars. It should go to like seven dollars. Yeah, or seven. Let's call it ten. Right. Sure. Let's call it ten. Yeah, right.
0: Um, I got in the cab. I said I need to go to this address, and uh, I guess he didn't know where it was, so he put like um, he took out his phone and did the the GPS. Right. The Google Maps finds out where the address is and goes, stops the cab fare button starts to drive and goes it'll be 20 bucks. I'm like,
1: ah, it's like a flat unbelievable. Brief. So you know what that's I did? Totally, I that is totally not allowed. Yeah.
0: And uh and so I said that's fine. I'm paying by credit card anyway. And then so it was like a double smash. Like he tried to right. smash me, but I smashed him back. So I was like, screw yeah. you, man. Yeah. Do your job. You're going to be back here in 5 minutes anyway picking up another fare that might cost you 50. So you know, you're not missing anything. You're working for 8 or 10 or 12 hours. Just take the fare.
1: The thing that amazes me is that in this day and age, people can't, and they, maybe they just don't think about this, They, a cab driver cannot afford any other reasons for a customer to decide not to use them. Because with Uber, yep. uh, Lyft. I mean, Uber was yep. Lyft. They were one of the best disruptors of an industry that was in serious distress and that's the best disruptor. When you have something where the service is a, on average, a four to five out of ten, yeah. and something can come in and take care of all the aspects of the the you know the payment, which is is always a component of the of the tre- of the um, friction when it comes to being in a taxi, just just even reaching into your wallet, getting money out, handing it to a driver, waiting for cash, it the the, the Ubers and the Lyfts those platforms have completely I love that I can go to a foreign city where I don't necessarily need to get foreign currency like I used to have to do because it can all just get taken care of in the app and you can print it out at work at the end of the month Mm -hmm. and print your and put your expense report in so for any industry that is on edge like something like the cab or taxi industry those guys are foolish to be anything but trying to provide the best. Unless they know the, game, the gig is up anyway and they've just kind of said, screw it, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to ride this through until it's over and I'm not going to go out quietly.
0: Speaking of the gig is up, um, how many times have you heard somebody say, because we were talking recently on a previous podcast about people that say things incorrectly. Yes. Uh, how many times have you heard people say, the jig is up?
1: I probably have heard uh, it. I, I heard I it recently. Did you? Yeah,
0: and it actually caused me to did question jig? for one second. Like, is it jig? Mm. Did I? Am I? Have right. I been saying it wrong all this time? I'm right, but I, I thought it was gig. Maybe I'm wrong. Did you look it up? No, I didn't look it up.
1: We'll have to look it up. Yeah. Well, it's like the the one we debated the the last time <laughs> oh, we had yeah, this conversation. That's right. What was that you, one? You've got another. If you yeah, huh, right. you've got another think coming. <laughs>
0: That one, to me, does not make sense at all. That is just no, not, uh, no, that's not.
1: I think that one has naturally, I understand if it ever the point, was,
0: though. yeah,
1: Yeah. If, you, if it ever was, you have another think coming, which let's assume it was how it originated, it's pretty much assumed by the rest of society <laughs> yeah. that's moved on that it is another, if you, you've you got another thing coming.